COVID, critical race, compliance mandate, and conflicting stories about it all. Mask, vaccine, no. The truth shall set you free. TNN, the Truth News Network, with your host, Dan Newman. Well, here we are, brand new week. We're free. We're still free. If we can't find anything at all to be thankful about but that, that's enough, folks. There are a lot of people on the other side of the planet that would love to be facing the same challenges that you and I face today just so they wouldn't have to face the challenges they're facing in their world. It's all about perspective. What is your perspective today? Is your glass half empty or half full? It's your choice. I mean, it doesn't matter what the facts are. The facts are what they are. And if you don't like the facts of your life, Novel idea. Change them. That's what we do, folks. We make choices every day. Sometimes, most of the times, we don't even think about them. We just make them. And sometimes we make choices that are not based on things they should be based on. I think you'll agree with that. So, how do we deal with this? What do we do? How do we handle the bad stuff? Well, you know what? You just make an understanding and believe it in every area of your life. Do it 24-7. Before long, it'll become part of your natural thinking process. You reap what you sow. The seed that you put in the ground of your life and that of your family and family members, uh, what you're going to get out of the ground is what you put in the ground in the way of seeds. Don't plant watermelon seeds and then pray and hope for a peach tree to come from that watermelon seed. It isn't going to happen. We reap what we sow. Have you heard where that came from? Let me give you a quick lesson. Genesis 8 and 22. First book of the Bible. You've heard the story of Noah and the ark and that he and his family and two creatures of every kind were in the ark. God flooded the earth And he killed everybody else. He was so hacked off at the way humans were treating him, or not treating him, or I don't know which it was. And so at the end of all this, God looked and realized, you know, I did some pretty serious stuff there. So he instructed Noah to build an altar and to give a sacrifice. And God promised Noah in Genesis 8 and 22, as long as the world exists, four things will never change. What are they? Number one. It'll always be light and dark. There'll always be hot and cold. There will always be winter and summer. And you know what? Those three, nobody can do anything about that except God through nature. I mean, uh, you know, the, uh, the light and dark, the hot and cold, the summer and winter, no, no human can do anything about that, regardless of what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders Uh, say about it, climate change is climate change and climate's going to change as climate changes and there's nothing you or I can do to change that, period. But there is one of the four promises that we are directly tied into based upon the things we do and the things we think. What's that fourth one? Reap and sow. As long as the earth exists, what you plant in the ground will always grow up as what 
you planted in the ground. So we just run around every day, we tell lies, and we think, oh, that, that's no big deal. And if it ever gets serious and somebody confronts us with it, we may, we're guilty of, of thinking at least. We may not say it. Well, you know, I know there'll probably be a price that I have to pay, but, you know, I'm going to cheat on my taxes and it's going to come back to haunt me, but maybe it won't be in my taxes. I'll have a bad financial month one month next year. We try to reconcile all of our bad choices. No, you're going to get back exactly what you get back. I'll finish with this. I have a, a, a friend that I've known for many years, good Christian guy, had a great family, great wife, two amazing kids, and uh, he got involved with another woman. And I mean, this lasted for like 10 years. Most everybody in our community knew what was going on, or at least to some degree. And so... I just couldn't understand because you know it's eventually going to blow up. I mean, come on now. That's just what happens. You can't hide stuff forever. And so I had a talk with him. I said, don't you understand that at some point you're going to have to pay a price for that? Yeah, this is what he said, and I'm paraphrasing it, but he said, yeah, I know at some point I'm going to have to pay for that. And I expect that it's going to be really tough. And he used this. He said, I'm sure because I'm a Christian and this has been going on, I'm going to pay a price. I'll have a bad month, maybe a bad quarter, a bad year. I know that. And I've just got my mindset for that to happen. And I explained to him and I almost said his name. I don't want to say his name, even his first name. But, but I said, listen, man, no. What seed you're putting in the ground in your relationship with your wife It's going to come back as that. Don't expect anything else. And he just kind of looked at me and said, I really don't think so. Well, guess what happened? It came back to him exactly that way. His wife left him. And with that, he didn't lose his kids. They were almost grown by that point, but he lost a lot of good relationship, not just with his wife, but with his kids. And he's a miserable human being. And this all happened 15, 20 years ago. I'm not saying that's going to happen to anybody and everybody. But what I am saying is the principles of God, those four things especially, they're going to happen, folks. When I cracked the mic to start the show this morning, I didn't even think about that. It just popped into my head. So you got that lesson for free. Quit doing things and expecting you're going to get away scot-free for doing those things. No, you're going to pay the price exactly commensurate with what we do. And that's the case for all of us. I don't think too many folks up in Washington live their lives that way, do you? Oh my gosh. Think about what the Potomac Valley would look like. There'd be bloodshed everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if if they were forced to pay the exact same thing that they're committing and pay the price regardless of what they think about it. You probably couldn't convince half of those up in D.C. that's a fact. But if you're honest and you look at it looking back in your life, most of the time, folks, we pay the price. Even for little things like Telling little white lies. Have you ever heard that term? Oh, you know, it wasn't a a big lie. It was just a little white lie. There is no such thing. A lie is a lie. 
Truth is truth, period. There are no versions of that. We try to make them. I mean, this this lazy, ridiculous process that goes on about, well, you know, you may disagree with me, and that's because you've got your truth, and I've got my truth. No such thing, folks. Something's truthful or it's not. There's no gray in between. You know, when somebody calls you that you don't want to talk about and your wife, maybe you're sitting in the den, she's standing in the kitchen and the phone rings and she answers it. And she says, oh, hi, Jim, how are you doing? Hi, Bill. Hi, Patrick. How are y'all? Yeah, I I need to talk to Dan. And she holds the phone up and puts her hand over the, the talk part. And she says, hey, it's Patrick. Patrick wants to talk to you. And you say, tell him I'm not here. Tell him I'm not here. And she looks at you kind of funny, and then she comes back and says, Patrick, I thought he was here, but I guess he's outside or maybe ran down the street. You want me to have him call you? Yeah, okay. Thank you. She hangs up. I said, why did, why, did you, why did you tell me to lie to Patrick? And you say, well, it technically wasn't a lie. You told him I wasn't here, and you're over in the kitchen. I'm in the den, so technically it's not a lie. We live our lives in large part, some of us, many of us, using that same mindset. It's just not worth the trouble, folks. It's just not worth the trouble. So let's just segue right over into the meat of the show today. I got to tell you, we haven't had a a show in a long time that is full of such very critical, important things. I'm I'm kind of, we're 10 minutes into the show now, and I wanted to wait a few minutes for everybody to get logged in. First of all, let me tell you, thank you. Our show is growing in epic proportions. It's unbelievable how many people are listening to the show live every Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, and how many people are grabbing and downloading our show's And you can do that, by the way. You never have to miss a show. If you miss one live, you can always go back in many places and grab it at your convenience, even download them and and save them. Listen to them later. How do you do that? Well, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, also iHeartRadio Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts, and TuneIn podcast. And we have several other companies that have reached out to us that we've not yet been able to respond to. There are going to be about a dozen places for you to go find TNN Live. And when you go to those sites to get a show, all you have to do to find us is in the search bar, write in the words TNN Live. And when you see that, our show will pop up, click on it, you go to it, and it's the front page of our uh, front page at truthnewsnet.org. It's a snapshot of it. And an index of all the shows will pop up, and it has the dates. And the latest show will always be listed first at the top, and it has the date, so you can scroll down if you miss a show. I get a lot of people wanting to go back, and uh, that lengthy conversation we had with Steve Baker, the photojournalist that was at the January 6th insurrection in D.C. last year, He got caught up in all of the furor of it, and now he has been informed he's about to be arrested, and he didn't do anything. He was unarmed. He didn't have anything with him but his camera. He did interviews. I actually saw him that day 
on Fox News when they were doing live reports from the insurrection. And so he spent a long time talking to us about all of the details that day. It was a great show. And I get a lot of text and emails saying, hey, how do I go back and get that show? If you scroll down the index at any one of those places, that particular show, and I believe it was January, it may have been January 6th. In fact, it was January 6th, one year to the day that he was on with us. I should have said that because it was the anniversary and that was the day we wanted to get together. So we did. You can go back and listen to that anytime. You can download it and keep it. Before we get cranking, what a great day yesterday for football. Oh my gosh. It was amazing to me. Um, For a lot of reasons. I'm from Louisiana. That should be enough. Do you understand? Joe Burrow, he's from Ohio, but he claims to be from Louisiana now. Quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, Jamar Chase, wide receiver, best wide receiver in the NFL this year. But let me just give you a little inside look. Did you see number 11 for Cincinnati? Young man is named Trent Taylor. I just got a text from Trent as we're talking, literally 30 seconds ago. Trent Taylor is a little guy, and um, he played... He came out of Evangel Christian Academy right here in Shreveport. He's like my nephew. Marianne and I, we have been in relationship with his parents for years. Trent, when he was here, he was like our kid. Just a great young man. And a phenomenal athlete. But he's 5'9", 5'8", 5'9". And in the NFL, folks, you don't have a very long life if you're only 5'9 and weigh 175 pounds. But he went, he, after he graduated, and, and they won state championships, I think two of them when he was playing in high school. And I'm not talking about 1A, 2A. I'm talking about top class in Louisiana, 5A. Great football program. And my foster brother is the founder of that football program, Denny Duran, and he pastors a church in Shreveport, Louisiana. And so it's just a great atmosphere. All six of our grandkids either are at or have graduated from Evangel Christian Academy. Well, Trent, he was drafted in the fifth round four years ago by the San Francisco 49ers. And he had a great first year there, but he got hurt. And a doctor in the San Francisco organization operated on his foot and really messed it up. In fact, he almost lost, at first it was his little toe on his right foot, and it turned into being his entire foot. It was really bad. Well, after his first contract was up over four years, they didn't they didn't renew his contract. So he got picked up in the offseason by the Cincinnati Bengals. And if you know anything about that organization, they have a stable of some of the best receivers in the world. And so it was tough for him to break in, but they didn't want to lose him. So they put him on the practice squad. And you may think, oh my gosh, that's a horrible place for a guy to go. He has to practice all week long, but he never gets to play in the game. Listen, he made $14,300 a week on the practice squad. <laughs> so if, if you're playing football every day and you're a football player, yeah, you'd rather be, you know, under the lights every Sunday afternoon. <laughs> that would be preferential, but... 
playing a game that you'd pay somebody to let you to play and them giving you a $14,300 check every week ain't a bad gig. Five games before the season was over, and I'm including the uh, playoff game so far, they called him up every week. And um, the first game they called him up, he was just a punt kick returner, which is a great, it's a great deal. And if you don't know much about football, when you get to that level, most of the really good players that are right on the margin or they have, they're on a team that just has a, just a ton of depth at their positions, special teams, that's kickoffs, kickoff returns, extra points. The guys that are on those particular squads, they fight really, really hard because most of the time you get a lot of players that make it up into the regular lineup starting in special teams. So, of course, he was tickled to death. He, they did that, as I said, five games. I think the third game into that, he got into the game as wide receiver. He's a slot wide receiver. The slot position was made famous in New England by Coach Belichick. And uh, those are the little guys that kind of line up inside. They're not wide as wide receivers, and they run those underneath routes. And you got to be tough to do that. And you got to be quick. Well, he fit that mold. That game he got in at wide receiver, he made some phenomenal plays. And he got on the radar screen for the Bengals if he wasn't already. Well, yesterday, he did some normal punt returns. But at the end of the game, when they needed to score to move the game into overtime, but kick an extra point, they would have been one point behind All of a sudden, I saw number 11 run on the field. It was Trent. They had a special play. They ran that play. Joe Burrow saw Trent make a cut to the outside in the end zone, threw him the pass. Two-point conversion was good. They go into overtime, and you know the rest of it. They kicked the field goal and stopped Kansas City and won the game, and they're headed to the Super Bowl. So I reached out to thank his mom and dad last night and him, sent him a text. And within the last 30 minutes, they all replied to my text. Thanks all for all the words of encouragement. This is from his dad, Greg. I'll send you Sarah's number and she can help you coordinate it. Sarah is Trent's brand new wife. 30 seconds later, I get this text from Trent. You're the man, Dan. Thanks for everything. Let's set it up. So he's coming on the show with us here later this week, getting ready for the Super Bowl. How about that? You got that little personal event. You got it, and you're special because you're the only ones that have it. I'll let you know when he's going to come on. You want to meet this young man. I mean, he is an incredible young man. His wife is too, and uh, it's, it's good to know that there are professional athletes out there, first of all, that have good heads and good hearts or good Christian people, and they work hard and they don't expect anything but what they're willing to work for themselves. Back to the business of the day. There is so much going on. Now, I want to tell you, we're 20 minutes into the show, goodness. I was going to say I'll just shut up, but I don't want to shut up because we've got to get into the meat of this. What's ahead today? The biggie, the really biggie, folks. If you have had, like all of us, questions about this storyline dealing with COVID-19 and all of the moving parts that just don't seem to fit together, 
And we've been talking now for two years. You realize two years this month, two years ago, we met COVID-19. And they started planning, they being the hard left, the bureaucratic politicians in D.C. I'm not talking about necessarily people in office, but those very powerful people who are proclaimed and named to be the experts about everything to do with health care. And as we began to deal with COVID-19, we noticed a lot of the pieces didn't fit. They weren't adding up. There was something amiss. It was just a little bit off-center. And we all begin to question, but whoa, whoa, whoa. Then all of a sudden we find out, if you question what we're saying, that means you're a conspirator and what you think is a conspiracy theory and nothing else. They begin to cancel. Very famous people. A lot of people have asked me, why didn't you ever put this show on YouTube? Well, two reasons. I've got a great face for radio. Not so much for television. (laughs) That's number one. Number two is... YouTube is owned by Google, and Google has their algorithms, as you know, and people get pulled down for any one of a number of things. They, th- these people spend untold amounts of money to put the backdrop together, the camera equipment, all the sets and all that kind of stuff to make their YouTube shows, their channels look wonderful, and I love that. I looked at what was going on, two years ago when this first began and our show first began two years ago. And I began to look at it and say, I don't want to go down that road and then have to scramble when they just arbitrarily pull this show down. I got to be honest with you, many of the things we talk about and what we're talking about right now, that doesn't fit into the Google algorithm. And we would be canceled. There's no question. I wasn't going to let it happen. So we just do our own thing. We're not going to be canceled. We control our website. We control, we put it out there on the internet. Unless the internet is canceled, which I don't see any way that could ever happen. I will never say never because even because I, just because I don't see a way it could happen doesn't mean it won't happen. But it would be very, very, we'd be in a bad place as a nation if that ever did happen where they shut down the internet. All that being said, we're here and it's because of this crazy misinformation, gross misrepresentation of quote-unquote facts. And many people have died and died needlessly. We're going to get into those numbers in just a little bit. But in the middle of all of that, we saw all of a sudden the ramping up of the division between people, like-minded people, who think the government should be bigger and even more powerful than it is today. And the other side, the flip side, are people that are called, I guess technically, conservatives, political thinkers that are conservatives that they believe the people should have the power in our country. I number among that group, and I'm sure you probably do too, but... We used to be able to work through our differences. We had this thing where we would talk things through and try to encourage people to think, at least consider our perspective, and they would do the same to us. And even if it was to end that conversation agreeing to disagree on things, we got along okay. 
I mean, it was, it was that way from the top to the bottom in the White House, in Congress, in our lives. Um, that's history. That's in our rearview mirrors. It's gone. And it's not because conservative people don't want to have conversations. It's because leftists, and they like, who gave them the right to call what, in the way they think, progressive? Because it's anything but progressive. It's about one thing and one thing only. It's about power and control. Washington, D.C. used to be built around money. Politically, it was how much money can I get out of this or how much money can we get out of this? And so decisions were made, good and bad, but they were made about power and money, power being the top because with power, you control everything, including the money. And so they found a way, at least in their minds, to shut conservatives up. What is that? Cancel culture. They didn't name it at first, but they would just diminish everybody that had a conservative attitude and discussed it, was vocal about it. They would just shut them down. And here comes the mainstream media. And somehow, somewhere, there was a pact made between the Democrat Party leaders and the tycoons of social media and big tech. We need a weapon to go against these conservatives. Will you partner with us to do that? And sure enough, here we are. I'm just giving you the surface skim through the history. I'm, th- I'm through with that. But it has never been so obvious as it is right now. It's almost laughable to me when I watch the leaders in this nation get before these cameras and the weekend cycle for me on television I mean it's like let's go to the movie day let's go to the concession stand and get a big bag of popcorn and go get in our seat and watch the political circus play out every weekend every Sunday all of the morning talk shows. It's about giving us a chance to see these purveyors of righteousness and justice who come on these television talk shows and basically what they're seeing saying is because they know they have bigger audiences than they do weekdays on the weekend. Everybody's at the house trying to, you know, take it easy. So you turn on the television show and you see somebody like, Congresswoman Maxine Waters from California. And I watch that and I just shake my head. I can't believe she believes this. And then I start thinking about the people that are watching and listening to what she's saying. And it really gets a a bit spooky that not only is she given an outlet to say these things, and not only that she feels that way, but the millions of people on the other end of those cameras who feel the same way as she. That's the scary part for all of me. So what do we have going on right now that fit into this narrative? You've got the Supreme Court. Stephen Breyer, Justice Stephen Breyer's seat's going to be open in, in a couple of months. And of course that means the president, whoever the president is at the time, nominates somebody to fill that seat, goes to the Senate for confirmation. Who's that going to be? Of course, Joe Biden is the guy who makes the decision of who's going to be nominated. And then it goes to the Senate where we have a 50-50 tie, can only be broken if there are 50 Democrats, 50 Republicans. It's evenly split. 
But the sitting vice president, whoever that's going to be, makes and can make that deciding vote. So obviously we know, based on that, based on voting down party lines, that seat will probably be filled by a very far-left justice. Now, when Breyer first was announced to be retiring, he hadn't, and he didn't do it himself for a day or two after that. Everybody on the conservative side started panicking. Oh my gosh, we're gonna get, we're gonna have a far left. Well, we've got several that are far left, and Breyer, even though he wasn't far left, he leaned extraordinarily left with all of his rulings on the court. It's not going to change the balance of power on the court. But nevertheless, this is a chance for these mouthpieces for the Democrat Party to trumpet. Wow, looky here. We're going to be able to put somebody in there that's going to just stamp out conservatism. These evil Republicans and other conservatisms like me. I'm not a registered Republican. I'm registered independent. Stamp us out and shut us up because they've got the power, right? So this weekend, there was a bunch of that. We're going to delve into that in just a second. Secondly, and probably the biggest thing, the questions about COVID-19 and all of the information that is out there that we find out every day, a little bit more of it is really untruthful. It's a pack of lies. And it's getting more and more serious. We're going to let you listen for yourself to the proof of that that's going on and why. And we're learning more and more every day who the evil players are. They're being outed by people that work with them, that know firsthand. And this one's going to blow your mind. That's coming up a little bit later on. And then, of course, we have Ukraine. And we have Russia. And we have Joe Biden standing in the middle between the two. Can you imagine being on either side of this conversation, Russia or Ukraine, and looking out in the middle of the battle lines and seeing the one person that's standing there that says he's going to help us is President Biden? (laughs) O-M-G. So one of those um, media hard lefters in the middle of all of this is and has been George Stephanopoulos of ABC. If you weren't around or cognizant of politics back in in uh, the 90s, when Bill Clinton served two terms as president, George Stephanopoulos was right in the middle of that White House staffing. And he's pretty much hard left. He, yesterday on ABC this morning, ABC Today, I forget what the title of it is, He began to analyze what's going on for us politically so that we could wrap our brains around and understand what he understands. And so I didn't watch it live, but I recorded it as I do most of them. I'm not going to, I very seldom watch any of them all. I go to church on Sunday and when I get back, I'm going to watch usually the first couple of stories or guests they have on these Sunday talk shows will give you kind of the gist of what they're going to be. So that's typically what I was going to do. So I, Popped up George and his show, and here's George Stephanopoulos at the top of his show yesterday. And you may spit when you hear what he says. George Stephanopoulos. 
Good morning and welcome to This Week. We have a lot to cover this morning, and we begin with our brand new poll with Ipsos. It shows big challenges for President Biden heading into this year's midterm elections. Three out of four Americans are pessimistic about the state of the economy. Only 29% support deploying troops to counter the Russian threat to Ukraine. And more than three quarters of all Americans question the president's pledge to consider only black women to replace retiring Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer, saying he should consider all possible nominees. Chief Washington correspondent John Carl starts us off. It was an untriggered flash of frustration triggered by a shouted question. That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. Not President Biden's finest moment, he later apologized, but Biden has ample reason to be frustrated. He starts the second year of his presidency with his lowest approval rating yet. Voting rights legislation failed, as did the centerpiece of his domestic agenda, opposed by every single Republican and tanked by fellow Democrats. Frustration abroad, too. North Korean missile tests, Iran advancing its nuclear programs, and fears Russia may invade Ukraine. Biden is sending some U.S. troops to Eastern Europe, but he candidly acknowledged there's only so much he can do. I don't think even his people know for certain what he's going to do. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm, I'm not, certainly, I shouldn't be laughing about such a serious thing. You know, here we are over here. We're across the pond from all of that. We're Americans. We've got a country where our leaders have everything together, right? And we look over... Have you read the homepage story today at truthnewsnet.org? I did a bunch of research over the weekend. I, I wrote this story myself. And it's got a simple title, Vladimir Putin. You need to read the story if, if you haven't already. And if you don't know a lot about Vladimir Putin, you will. Let me tell you just real quickly, he came from the KGB. Straight out of communist Soviet Union. That's where he grew up. That's where his politics came from. So you know exactly based on that what his thinking is. And every communist looks at the United States of America and laughs because they know things we don't know about people and how to deal with people. And they have one word that counts for everything that they think and reason. Dominance. Dominance. They don't like what you do. They don't like what you think. There's one way to handle it. Take total control and use whatever measures are necessary to take total control of you, the person with whom they disagree. That's called, it's either one of two words. It's authoritarianistic or it's totalitarian. Either one of them are evil. And we're living right now in an authoritarian representative republic that isn't representative. It is authoritarian. We have a guy in the White House that ignores every law there is that he wants to ignore, by the way. Not all of them, of course. That's authoritarianism. That's what Democrats during Donald Trump's four years and even since, they call Donald Trump an authoritarian who really wants to be a dictator. Nothing Donald Trump did when he was in office even looked remotely like that, like Vladimir Putin in the way he runs Russia, and certainly not like Joe Biden in the way he runs the United States. Under Donald Trump, 
He always turned to us, we the people. Joe Biden didn't give a rip about what we say. And it's very obvious in the results that we've seen and he's seen so far under his presidency. Look, let's just go over to this Supreme Court thing. I mean, he made it very clear. Remember, he said in his campaign, if I'm elected president, if you elect me president, and there becomes an opening to the United States Supreme Court, I'm going to nominate not just a woman, but a black woman to fill that role. Now, when he said that, what he did was he made a 180-degree turn away from the Constitution of the United States and the precedent in the past for every nomination through American history to the court. Because why? Well, he says he's basing that on the fact that we've never had an African-American woman be nominated to serve on the Supreme Court. So what's wrong with doing that, Dan? I didn't say there's anything wrong with doing it. But don't you think the highest court in the land where everything in our life is basically judged, that kind of fits in that conversation, judged. It's supposed to be based on the nine people across the United States who are most qualified to serve on that highest court in the land. Not based upon gender, not based upon religion, not based upon skin color, but most qualified, which means the most learned judge or justice, either in the federal courts or in some other legal capacity across the nation, and their history shows how qualified they are to serve there. Representative Maxine Waters, Mama Maxine, that's what I call her, the woman that has a different wig on every day. Um, she hit the talk shows over the weekend, and she was on MSNBC's Alex Witt Report, She made a claim on that show that President Biden's promise to choose a black woman for the Supreme Court is an example of affirmative action, and a lot of people said that because of that policy that was created by the Democrats to quote-unquote pay back people of color for the disadvantages that they have been experiencing based upon how evil we are, we being people that are white, Affirmative action came up, and the example for Joe Biden saying he was going to pick an African-American woman to serve on the United States Supreme Court, a lot of people over the, since he said that, have been said that's just a case of affirmative action. Mama Maxine said it's both disrespectful and dishonorable to call it affirmative action. She said for a black woman to become a Supreme Court justice would be one of the most historic and important things this country can do and experience. It's just so exciting to think about it. I guess what it is. What is it? Over 260 years, we've never even had a black woman nominated. And there are only two black males on the Supreme Court. To have a black woman, that would be a game changer. During the Gallo radio show, Senator Roger Wicker Oh my gosh, he's one of those horrible Republicans 
Whitney's from Mississippi. We have people listening to the show right now that live in Mississippi. Wicker said this, quote, The irony is the Supreme Court is at the very same time hearing cases about this sort of affirmative racial discrimination, and while adding someone who is the beneficiary of this sort of quota, the majority of the court may be saying at large, it's unconstitutional. We'll see how that irony plays out. Maxine said, it's so disrespectful. The way he's coming out is outdated. Even the most conservative members of the Supreme Court and Republicans know that it is beyond time to diversify the Supreme Court of America. And the absence of a woman, a black woman, means that it is not diversified. You don't have at the table the voices of everyone in this country that should be representative. And she added, it's disrespectful. It's dishonorable. And we're going on trying to get past that. Wow. How honorable is this president that he would see the need and to understand and realize how critical to the entire nation it is that we diversify the Supreme Court. There's not an Asian on the Supreme Court. There's not an illegal alien on the Supreme Court. I don't think there are any Muslims on the Supreme Court. We have Catholics. We have non-Catholics. We have Christians. Look, there's only nine chairs. There are probably 200 different ethnic people, groups of people that live in the United States, and many of them are of different colors. Now, let's see. Maxine Waters. What's her background? Well, she's African-American, but she's American, native-born. She's a Democrat. Wow, she's represented there today. Well, there's not there's not a black Democrat on the court. There is a black man who, by the way, is one of the people that Clarence, uh, Clarence Thomas is one of the people that Maxine Waters hates and thinks should not be on the court. Why? Because he's a conservative and he doesn't think like her. That's the sole reason. Well, let's dig in and let me give you some more th- more information. Of course, with his nomination, a lot of facts come out. His promise to nominate a black woman. All kinds of stuff crawls out of the closet. Yeah, his pledge to nominate a black woman has got a bunch of support from Democrats who see it as a win for diversity But in the light of that, over a dozen Senate Democrats previously blocked a black woman from the federal court she was nominated to serve on by Donald Trump, by the way. Thirteen Senate Democrats voted against her. They voted against Ada Brown, former President Trump's nominee for district judge of the Northern District of Texas. She's a black woman. She was confirmed, by the way, in 2019 by a vote of 80 to 13. Pretty overwhelming support, wouldn't you say? 13. Those 13 votes come from Chuck Schumer. Other senators, Tammy Baldwin, Richard Blumenthal, Sherrod Brown, Maria Cantwell, Catherine Cortez Maisto, Kirsten Gillibrand, Maisie Hirono, Ed Markey, Pat Murray, Brian Schatz, Debbie Stabenow, 
and Ron Wyden, not just Democrats, a bunch of leaders in the Democrat Party voted against her. It had nothing to do with her qualifications. It was because she was nominated by Donald Trump. Only two of the offices for the 13 senators who voted against Brown's confirmation even would come forward over the weekend and talk to any news media about that. A spokesperson for Schumer, who, as you know, is the Senate majority leader now, a big leader in the Democrat Party, pointed to the senator's Wednesday remarks to reporters in New York where he said he expected the president to follow through on that pledge and that the Senate would move quickly on his nominee. There's no, there's no conundrum there. There's no hypocrisy there. That's just, they just didn't think those 13 people didn't think that female judge that Trump nominated to serve in Texas and on a federal judge district court role, they just didn't think she was qualified. And of course, that means that the other 67 senators were stupid. You know, those ones that voted for, no, I'm sorry, 80, 80 of them that voted for, they're just stupid. Way back in 2003, 2004, and 2005, Joe Biden was still a senator senator from Delaware. Bush 43, President George W. Bush nominated Janice Rogers Brown to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, the big one. But because she was conservative, Joe Biden and the Democrats filibustered her nomination, blocking a final vote on her confirmation. Bush nominated Brown for the District of Columbia Circuit in 03 after she served as a justice on the California Supreme Court for 10 years. She didn't get confirmed until June 8, 2005. Newsweek, not a conservative rag, Newsweek provided some background on her conservative legal views. She was born to Alabama sharecroppers, grew up in the segregated South during her college years, She was a single mom with views so left-wing that she later said they were almost Maoist. Mao Zedong was the first communist dictator of China. Her views grew decidedly more conservative through the years, and she has defended using electric stun guns on criminals who act inappropriately in courtrooms. Brown also wrote opinions that opposed affirmative action supported a state law that required girls younger than 18 to notify their parents before they could get an abortion. How evil she is. Janice Rogers Brown was considered as the possible replacement for Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. But that ultimately went to Justice Samuel Alito. Beyond Joe Biden, her nomination to the circuit court was also opposed by then-Senator Barack Obama who said her political views bar her from being an independent jurist. Unfortunately, as has been stated repeatedly on this floor, in almost every legal decision she has made and every political speech she's given, Justice Brown has shown she is not simply a judge with very strong political views. She's a political activist who happens to be a judge. Barack Obama said that in 05. Judge Brown retired from her position on the court in 2017. 
The hypocrisy, folks, is just out the wazoo. I mean, they won't, they won't appoint somebody unless whoever they're going to appoint gives them, fills out a questionnaire, and all of the check marks have got to be on the activist, the left side of the of the the, the document they fill out. So all of this is happening, and we'll leave this here. More than three-quarters, 76% of me and yous around the nation want this president to consider all potential nominees to replace outgoing Supreme Court Stephen Breyer. 76%. And this comes after Biden said he was going to appoint a black woman. Most Americans, three-quarters, are saying, wait a minute, Mr. President, don't go out on that limb and say that. That goes against everything you say you're for about race, right? They're going to put y'all back in change. But that was okay for him to say that. It was okay for him to push back against integration because he didn't want the school that his children went to to turn into a jungle because those African young people and kids were going to be there at the same place his kids are. But he's a Democrat. And if you're a Democrat, folks, you can be racist. Why? Because they think and feel like that they own every vote from every person of color just because they're the keepers of the giveaways and because they've put all of these giveaway policies and dollars and cents and all these benefits for members of minority communities that those people are obligated. They own those votes. These Democrats do. Genuine Ford Parts and Service presents a word from your wallet. Are we at the gas station? Yeah, I know. I'm feeling these gas prices, too. I'm the wallet down here. Head to a Ford dealership. Why? Proper vehicle maintenance. A new air filter can save 19 cents a gallon. Correct tire inflation up to 6 cents a gallon. Wow, that sure adds up. (laughs) Fat wallets are very in right now. Right now, Motorcraft air filter replacement is just $19.95 or less. Replacing a dirty air filter can increase fuel economy by as much as 10%. Well, done. That was easy. Maybe you should listen to your wallet more often. Well, you're typically pretty quiet. Well, I didn't want to be a pain in the... Uh, 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 uh. Hurry in for the best deals we've had in years. Money-saving rebates on brakes, batteries, tires, and more. See your participating Ford dealer today. Long live the courageous, the tenacious, the ones who push forward and give back. Long live the greater good, the helping hand, those who fall and get back up. And long live the truck with the strength to overcome. The will to outwork. And the commitment to outlast them all. Ram, proven to last. Have a seat. Hey, where's the food? What kind of meeting is this? There's no food. We just said that so you would show up. What? No food? There's someone we think you should talk to. Hey, Dan, your coworkers told me you haven't done your taxes. 
I just want to say, you can call a TurboTax Live CPA for help. We'll help you get your refund and get back to your life. You'd really do that for me? Yeah, Dan. It's literally my job. Thanks, guys. So there's no snacks, nothing. I brought kale. TurboTax Live, now with CPAs on demand. Left versus right, Republican versus Democrat, conservative versus liberal. Which side do you take? The side of the truth on TNN. Truthnewsnet.org, the Truth News Network. You know something's kind of funny? Some days, we here at TNN Live, along with our published articles at truthnewsnet.org, we have more people looking in and listening in than does Rachel Maddow on her show on MSNBC. Now, who would think that? I mean, this is a na- her show is a national cable news show, and she's a brilliant individual. Yeah, we have a lot of differences. I mean, politically, obviously. And, uh, but I can't diminish the fact that she's really smart. She's very well-spoken. But folks, she is so far into the tank left, it's just absolutely crazy. So as always, Friday night, Rachel Maddow on her show, she weighed in on the insanity of the conservatives, the outrage of the conservatives at Joe Biden coming out and saying he wasn't going to pick the most qualified person in the nation to serve on the court, the Supreme Court, to nominate to replace Justice Stephen Breyer. He was going to pick a black woman. Listen to Maddow. Uh, President Biden also invited Justice Breyer and his wife to come have a sleepover in the Lincoln bedroom sometime if they want to. Uh, President Biden at the White House today, he reiterated his pledge to appoint an African-American woman as his nominee to the to the Supreme Court for, for Justice Breyer's seat. Even though other presidents, including Ronald Reagan, including Donald Trump, um, have made pledges of that kind to pick a specific demographic uh, for the court. In, in Reagan's case, he pledged in advance as a candidate that he would appoint the first woman justice. Um, President Trump also, also pledged that he would appoint a female justice to the court. Uh, nevertheless, conservative media and Republicans are tearing their hair out and pretending like nothing like this has ever happened before. They're so outraged that a black woman is finally going to be nominated to the court. She had to turn it racist. You know, Reagan, of course, you know, he said, I'm, I'm going to put the first Justice, I'm going to nominate the first person female for a Supreme Court seat. That, of course, was Sandra Day O'Connor. And President Biden said he was going to appoint a woman. President Trump, I said President Biden. But Biden's folks is way different. It is totally, by the definitions of racism by those on the left, his announcing that is racist, but that's okay because he's a Democrat. She wasn't finished. President Biden pledged today that his nominee will be announced within a month uh, by the end of February. And so now the countdown begins. Now we've got eyes on that story tonight as we will every night until we've got a nominee and beyond. Uh, I also have to tell you, because I know you. <laughs> that. Because I know you. <laughs> she doesn't give a rip about her audience or what they think. That's kind of typical. 
moving on from here, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna I was gonna wait till the end of the show, the last part of the show, to weigh in on this thing. When I talked about it at the beginning of the show, Senator Ron Johnson, Republican senator from Wisconsin, he had announced he was gonna not run for re-election. His term comes up, and uh, he would be up for re-election this fall for another six years. In the middle of all the chaos and stuff going on, he was talked into coming back. He's a very outspoken, but not aggressively outspoken, but a very well-spoken and very conscientious leader in the Republican Party in the United States Senate. And so he chaired a committee as vice chair, but he, he put this committee together to look into all of the craziness about COVID-19 and the misinformation that we've all been crammed full of for two years now and how much wrong, how much evil is being perpetrated on on us people from the top down, from the White House, Dr. Anthony Fauci and others. So he put together a committee hearing last week and he brought in some of the greatest, in most cases, independent healthcare professionals, doctors, analysts, and people that would come forward with facts, real facts, real information, real numbers to use to make decisions about this. Now, let me warn you, when I'm, I'm going to play this committee hearing for you in its entirety, it's 17 minutes long. And we never do that here. I think normally the most we go in length for the audio reports that you get from other people is about five or six meetings. But this in context, folks, it is critical. So I'm going to go ahead and do it now. We'll come back and and follow up. And if you're going to leave now because you can't sit tight for 17 minutes, go back and grab the show off of one of those sites we talked about later because you don't want to miss this. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio Podcast, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And of course, at the bottom of today's story on the homepage of truthnewsnet.org, the one that's titled Vladimir Putin after this show is over, we'll put a link at the bottom of that story with the show. So don't you dare miss. But for those of you that are here and are hungry for facts and real information from real experts, doctors, not politicians, not doctors who are political bureaucrats, but by practicing doctors who treat patients. Listen intensely and closely to this hearing put on by Senator Ron Johnson. Apparently one of the whistleblowers is brave enough to come forward and give a name or I would not have allowed you to come. Yes, Senator. So we've got three whistleblowers who've given me permission at this point to share their name. Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Teresa Long, D-O-M-P-H, Dr. Samuel Sigloff, and Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Peter Chambers, DO and flight surgeon. All three have, att- have given me this data. I have declarations from all three. This data is under penalty. Of, uh, this is under penalty of perjury. We intend to submit this to the courts. Uh, we have substantial data showing that uh, we saw, for example, uh, miscarriages increased by 300 percent over the five-year average, almost. Uh, we saw almost 300% increase in cancer over the five-year average. Cancer is not being talked about except for by Dr. Ryan Cole. Thank you, doctor. Uh, we saw, this one's amazing, neurological. So f- 
neurological issues which would affect our pilots. Over a thousand percent increase. A thousand. Ten times. That's ten times the rate, and obviously that resonates. 83,000 per year, I'm sorry, 82,000 per year to 863,000 in one year. Our soldiers are being experimented on, injured, and sometimes possibly killed. Dr. Corey, thank you so much for your stance on the corruption. That's precisely what it is. They know this. And, Senator, uh, when these doctors are attacked, not necessarily the people in this room, I'm not giving names, they call me. I'm the one dealing with the medical boards. I'm the one watching the witch hunts. I'm the one fighting them off, and I'm the one telling them where to go. I'm going to keep doing that. Senator, we also have... uh, Let me give you this last thing, and then I'll shut up and uh, get out of your way. 9-28-2021, Project Salus weekly report. Project Salus is a defense defense department initiative where they report and uh, they take all this data that doesn't exist, supposedly, and they give it to the CDC. They're watching these vaccines. On that date, and around that date, I have numerous instances where Fauci and that entire crew were saying, it's a crisis of unvaxxed, it's 99% unvaxxed in the hospital. In Project Salus, in the weekly report, the DOD document says, specifically, 71% of new cases are in the fully vaxxed, and 60% of hospitalizations are in the fully vaxxed. This is corruption at the highest level. We need investigations. The Secretary of Defense needs investigated. The CDC needs to be investigated. And thank you so much, Senator, for having the courage to stand against these special interests. So, so again, the, the, Department, the Department of Defense... Thank you. The Department of Defense, the Biden administration is on notice. They must preserve these records, and this must be investigated. Okay? Absolutely. Um, Thank you so much, Senator. Thank you. So, the increase in cancer is something I've been hearing about for months. And quite honestly, I've told people that are reporting this to me, I don't think the public's quite ready for that yet, okay? But you've just raised this issue. Apparently, uh, Dr. Cole, you're aware of this. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because this, this, is, this is frightening. Thank you, Senator. And this is a challenge in terms of aggregating data. I saw a signal early on of certain viral conditions. Dr. Parks pointed out mechanisms. I noticed certain viruses increasing. Well, these same T cells, immune cells, keep cancers in check. So. I do about 40,000 biopsies a year. I'm I'm a busy pathologist. And I thought, gosh, I'm seeing more of this type of cancer and this type of cancer and this type of cancer. And so I've tried to talk to other laboratories and aggregate a bigger data set, which obviously these federal data sets are a very easy way to see that signal. Obviously, I've been canceled. I've been ridiculed. I've been uh, maligned, et cetera, for saying so. But I've been observing it. And I can't deny observation. That's how science happens initially through observation. Then we confirm through hypothesis, experiment, and data. So yes, we're seeing it. And now when we travel with these groups and summits, I have oncologists, I have radiation oncologists. I am seeing an uptick in cancers. I'm seeing these odd, stable cancers take off like wildfires after the vaccines. It is happening. We need federal funding. The NIH isn't looking at this. Getting a grant to look at anything related to the vaccines is next to impossible because they're perfect, safe, and effective. So it's happening. My data is anecdotal. My observational group is significant, 
but we need additional studies to happen. And thank you to Tom for digging so, into so what's I can, I actually we, happening. I think we have some additional nurses. And by the way, that's where I was getting the safety signal from. Nurses from across the country are contacting me about the, the vaccine mandates, that type of thing, talking, you know, telling me why they're not going to get the vaccine because they're seeing this. These patients that their cancers were in remission, then, you know, all of a sudden, boom, you know, they, they're blossoming again. Dr. Russo, quickly. Yeah, I've got a question I wanted uh, Dr. Cole to address. Um, Ryan, you know that um, the experimental data on the genome in the P53 in BRCA, can you explain that to everyone? Yeah, real quick. So we have genes in our body. We have mechanisms in our body. We have bad cells in our body every day. Our body says, oh, I can kill that, knock it off, you know, shakes hands with every cell. You're gone, you're gone, you're a bad cell. There are genes, there are suppressor genes, P53, it's the guardian of our genome. There's another breast cancer gene, BRCA gene. We know that the spike protein binds to the receptors for these genes and can activate them. That is a mechanism of the spike protein. So putting this spike protein in the human body via a, a gene shot that is completely investigational, these are not approved, and to mandate something that's investigational that can bind to cancer promoting sites. I'd like to just yeah, clarify and take that a step forward. What P53 does is it checks your DNA yes. before it replicates and it makes sure that it's fixed. So P53 is the one tumor suppressor gene that is most um, tied to cancer because once there's a mutation in P53, the mutation rate just skyrockets, Correct. and you're going to develop enough mutations that that cancer is going to have a much more likelihood of becoming metastatic. Absolutely So correct. P53 is the essential tumor suppressor. Now, do we know for sure that um, the spike protein is binding it and inactivating it so that it cannot make sure that your DNA is replicated um, effectively and, and without any errors? No, but that's why we should have tested these for cancer-causing potential before we started giving them to our kids. There are some confirmatory can, can I, can I, studies. Yeah, I'll put it into the record yes. uh, paper <laughs> by Jiang in May yes. uh, where it goes into this data. <clears throat> SARS-CoV-2 spike impairs DNA damage repair. Thank you. The, the, the key, one of the key points is, is we, do, we still don't officially know what the structure of these, of these so-called vaccines are. I mean, we, we, we do have some information now that's been published by a Nobel laureate group from Stanford looking at the sequence from discards and, and comparing it with, uh, with, the, with the patterns. And, and, and there are what are called untranslated regions. Has anyone ever heard of this word, untranslated region? Anyone? Yes. A few people. Okay. Everyone has been told that the RNA in there is just RNA that's making this spike protein that's going to make your nice little cute little vaccine, just like those mumps and polio vaccines that we've all had as, as, a ch as children. No, wrong. There are untranslated regions, and I'm going to read you what they are. There's, 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 there are three human gene sequences in those untranslated regions. One of them, we think, I'm working with a group of molecular biologists and genomics, one of them, we think, is targeting the mitochondria. I'll tell you what that gene sequence is. It is a... Where is it? The three prime untranslated region comprises two sequence elements derived from the amino terminal enhanced of split ASMRNA and the mitochondrial encoded 12S ribosomal RNA to confirm RNA stability and high total protein expression. That's what, that's what, that's what the WHO document says. Now, if that's true, 
If that's true, that, that could mean, we don't know, we need to find out, that could mean that the expression of the spike protein is actually being expressed, partly at least, in ribosomal, in mitochondrial ribosomal. Uh, this is so wrong. R right, right, mitochondrial yeah, no. ribosomal. No, no, no. Yeah. That, means, that all, means it could be a kamikaze first expression. First you know, Dr. Wiseman, listen. You're certainly letting us know you're qualified, but I don't know what you're talking about. But, but, well, what so I'm talking about, Senator, is what I'm talking about, Senator, is in every single drug in package insert, you see a chemical structure. Don't do you not? There is a chemical structure. We need to know the exact chemical structure, the exact <coughs> sequence of the RNAs and the DNAs in these vaccines. Right. Okay, they are being withheld from us. FDA needs to show us what those structures are. They need to explain what the pseudouridine is doing. You need. They, they need to explain this paper from Sahih. Who is, the, who is the founder of BioNTech in, in 2019, excuse me, 2014, they talk about non-natural nucleosides. What are those non-natural nucleosides doing? He talks about the toxicity of them, the pseudouridine. None of that is being discussed. So, None of that. So, so I, I, I want to clarify a little bit I agree there. with you. Okay. We need a lot more information. I want to clarify because people have said this are mRNA vaccines mRNA only always goes to protein, and we can't do anything. First, we know that people have re reverse transcriptase. Yes, it can make DNA. Yes, it can go back into the DNA. But there's something else about RNA. RNA can make little hairpin loops. RNA can regulate your DNA. So when you put an mRNA vaccine or RNA into your body, it can get in, and it can be alternately spliced, can bind to your DNA, and it can regulate it. For positive or for negative, it can change your gene expression, and there's stuff in there that can do that either intentionally or unintentionally, and we don't know. It's completely unethical because we are just beginning to understand MR, the RNA silencing where these RNA molecules regulate our DNA. So that makes it completely we, we, unethical to use this technology. We, we have to get on to, uh, there are great unknowns with respect to the vaccines, uh, their mechanism of action, and uh, disease categories like cancer, uh, but there is a disease category upon which the FDA, the CDC, and all stakeholders agree that the vaccines cause, and that's myocarditis or heart inflammation. And I will tell you, as a cardiologist, it is crystal clear that these vaccines cause myocarditis. Dr. Uh, Parks has already quoted the paper by Avolio that has shown Beyond a shadow of a doubt, the vaccines cause myocarditis. The FDA indicates for Pfizer and Moderna that they cause myocarditis. We now have over 200 papers in the peer-reviewed literature on myocarditis, sadly showing the rates of myocarditis are far in excess of what the CDC ever imagined. We've identified that boys are, uh, have a predilection for this far more than girls. The maximum age group, the peak age group is age 18 to, uh, 18 to 24, so it's actually the college age. The risk extends up to age 50. And I can tell you that in this age group, it is clear the risks of the vaccines are far greater then the risks of COVID-19, the respiratory illness, two papers, one by Tracy Hogue at UC Davis, one by Ron Kostoff, that these papers have been presented at the FDA meetings. They have not been challenged as analyses. One, and, and there are now fatal cases of myocarditis uh, uh, published by Washington University in St. Louis, by Verma, and by Choi from South Korea. More fatal cases accrue. There is uh, the father of a boy here in this room who's died of myocarditis. One death is too many. One. 
One, we have 21,000 cases of myocarditis and climbing in the United States that the CDC has verified. One was too many. Under no circumstances, under any circumstances, should a young person ever receive one of these vaccines, let alone ever be pressured to receive a vaccine, let alone ever be mandated to take a vaccine. This is crystal clear. The FDA agrees. There can be no controversy over this. There can be no normalizing of this to say that it's mild or it's transitory. Well, talk, talk about that because that's is, what they say. It's mild. Talk, is myocarditis mild? My, I'm telling you as a specialist, myocarditis is not mild. There are papers by Shower and by now by Trong at University of uh, Utah at Salt Lake. When they do MRI on these individuals with suspected myocarditis, 100% are having heart damage. 100%. We have a paper by Tashopi and colleagues looking at the outcome of individuals prior to COVID in this age group with myocarditis. 13% will have permanent heart injury. 32% never actually get up to normal. They don't get back to normal. We are seeing unprecedented numbers of athletes dying on the field in Europe. Unprecedented. Of these cardiac arrests, half of them don't come back. We now have a report out of the heart group in the UK where actuarial mortality for those under age 15, mortality in the UK is higher than expected. Which Doc, uh, Dr. Malone. Just real uh, quick, going back uh, yeah, to Mr. Renz. I wonder if Dr. Malone could follow just, up on just, that. Just real quick, because we're talking yeah. about myocarditis. What concerns me so much about the whistleblower report there is this is the only vaccine injury that the CDC, FDA are acknowledging. And you combine that with the fact that there's at least suspicions that the Defense Department is doctoring with the data in their database affecting myocarditis. I mean, I'm sorry, that just... That gets my suspicion, Antenna. And the, and the recommendations and the mandates are ignoring the FDA warnings. I would, I would contend, Senator, that there's not just a suspicion. In August, when the report was run on acute myocarditis in the DOD website, there were 1,239 cases, and now when you run it, it's down to 307. In January of 2022, there were 176 cases, and magically, they are now down to 17. There is a word for that. It's not suspicious. We have in the military the single best data set we that exists because we have baselines in there. And acute disease across all categories in the preceding years, five years leading up to the vaccination year was 1.7 million. They introduced and mandated a COVID-19 vaccine for our US military when they had only lost 12 service members total to the disease. And in the 10 months of 2021 after that, it jumped from 1.7 million all diseases to darn near 22 million. That was a 20 million increase. We need to not be calling this suspicious. With all due respect, we need to be asking hard questions of the DOD. And I will close by saying they are charged, at least in part, with protecting the sanctity and welfare of the brave men and women who are defending this country. And right now, these numbers indicate something is drastically wrong. And I know of only one reason that databases roll math backward. So who are you? Identify yourself. So sorry. My name is Lee Dundas. I'm a human rights attorney that's working with Tom Rents on the whistleblower issue in the military. I would ask that Congress 
listen to these whistleblowers, put their testimony on record. These are brave men and women of very high rank in the U.S. military because not just do we, Congress, in this building need to hear about it, the world needs to hear about what is going on. Those are the people that are the true experts. We don't hear from them on any of the mainstream media outlets. They, the media mainstream, they want to be called the legacy news. Legacy. I can think of a lot of other names to call them. But the the Dr. Peter McCullough that you heard there talking about myocarditis and how serious it is, he's been on this show. He spent an hour on this show with us talking about the very same things. Do you know who he is? For more than a decade, he was the head of the entire Baylor medical system across the nation. He was the guy. And last year, Overnight, they took him down. The Baylor Medical System, Baylor, Baylor University, an outcrop of the Baptist Church, folks. Baylor University took him down for political purposes because he was talking about some of the same stuff that we just heard. You heard the attorney representing military whistleblowers. They came forward because all of this medical information that was being hidden are killing members of our military. I just wanted to point those things out. You heard all of the other stuff, folks. Listen, there is far more afoot than our government is giving information to us about. Much, much more. And the evidence is there, and they're hiding the evidence. You know, they tell us to look across the pond and see what's heading our way in COVID world because it always comes from the UK and other countries in Europe. It comes from there and it comes across over here. Listen to this. The UK government, they're in this respect regarding COVID. They're no different than our government. They want to control all of the information. The UK government They had to release some real information in response to a FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act. They show the numbers of deaths during 2020 in England and in Wales, where COVID-19 was the cause of death, sole cause. Their report says 9,400. Of those, 7,851 were age 65 and older. The median age of death was 81 and a half years. During the first quarter of 2021, there were 6,483 deaths where COVID-19 was the sole cause of death. Again, with the vast majority, 4,923 occurred in seniors over 65. A total of 346 died from COVID alone during the second quarter of last year. And in the third quarter, the COVID death toll was 1,142. Again, these people or people with no other underlying conditions that might have caused their death. So, put it all together. What does it mean? For the 21 months covering January of 2020 through September of 2021, the total COVID death toll in England and Wales was 17,000. That's way, way, way less than the number they have been reporting. As at the end of September... The government reported 137,133 deaths 
within 28 days of a positive test. And these deaths were therefore all counted as COVID deaths, 137,000. 17,371 were actually COVID-19 patients. It's not just here, folks. It's everywhere. What could possibly be going on? What is going on? We're going to take a break here. When we come back on the other side, we've got another blockbuster to give to you. And it has to do with my favorite physician on planet Earth. Who would that be? You know who it is. It's Dr. Anthony Fauci. The COVID God of the United States of America. Don't go anywhere. Back right after this. Real truth. Real news. TNN. The Truth News Network. Ah, luxury. The aroma is full-bodied. The flavor is decadent. The touch, divine. And the drive... Yes, the drive of luxury is simply infinity. Introducing the Infinity Luxury Test Tour. If you think you are familiar with luxury, you haven't driven an infinity. Infinity of Elk Grove invites you to truly become familiar with luxury and take a luxury test tour. It's like a test drive, but with more luxury. We invite you to drive luxury to luxury, not for an hour or even a day, but for an entire weekend. Your choice. Select your Infinity and motor off to a luxury weekend in Lake Tahoe or Napa Valley. And yes, all the luxury is on us. Introduce yourself to LuxuryTestTour.com and truly become familiar with luxury. Infinity of Elk Grove is literally giving you the keys to a luxury experience like none other. LuxuryTestTour.com. Drive luxury, drive infinity. Infinity of Elk Grove. Expect more. Papa John is not interested in quality. He's obsessed with it. Because Papa John's a pizza maker. It's what he does. That's why you've got Papa's Quality Guarantee, signed by the man himself. Love your pizza, or we'll deliver another absolutely free. It's my guarantee. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. And right now, save 25% when you spend 25 pounds or more online. When your cable company keeps you on hold, you get angry. When you get angry, you go blow off steam. When you go blow off steam, accidents happen. When accidents happen, you get an eye patch. When you get an eye patch, people think you're tough. When people think you're tough, people want to see how tough. And when people want to see how tough, you wake up in a roadside ditch. Don't wake up in a roadside ditch. Get rid of cable and upgrade to DirecTV. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. I guess the saddest thing about all of this is that just because our government is controlling the real information about all things COVID-19 related, real information, (laughs) we're calling it real because they call it real because it's the information they give to us and they control the flow of this medical information at the top levels of government, we basically don't have a lot of other options, do we, for facts. That's a sad state of affairs. Real quickly, as of 10 days ago, the official VAERS, which stands for V-A-E-R-S, Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. This is the report that healthcare professionals all across the nation are supposed to spend weekly to the CDC, and the CDC publishes these numbers. 
We have been told by experts the numbers are grossly underreported because not everybody does follow through and send these numbers in. Excuse me, but if you just heard, they make the numbers, the experts at CDC, they make the numbers say what they want the political narrative to be reported. The real numbers are to be when they're not. But even in that scenario, 22,607 people have died as a direct result of vaccines, not COVID, vaccines. 166,000 doctor visits regarding COVID around the nation, 13,000 cases of Bell's palsy, 3,800 cases of miscarriages, 11,500 heart attacks, 30,000 cases of myocarditis, which you just heard Dr. Peter McCulloch weigh into. He's a cardiologist, a world-renowned cardiologist, and nobody's talking about it. And then this one just blows my mind. 40,069 people have been permanently disabled by COVID-19 vaccines. 40,000. And that's, they tell us, it's underreported. What are the actual numbers? Like Dr. McCullough said about cases of myocarditis, 30,000 reported cases, one is too many. And here's something in the U.S. we've not heard anything about. But you know in Europe, soccer, that's football, they call it in Europe and other places around the world. There have been dozens of European football players who are dropping dead on the spot. And when autopsies are performed, they're finding out it's severe myocarditis, which we know happens in many of the vaccine shots that are given. Where's the truth? Where is the truth in all of this? Heart inflammation following vaccination was higher than anybody even thought they could possibly be in a bunch of age groups, but it's very pronounced in young men. Analyzing records submitted to the VAR system that we just gave latest numbers to, between December of 2020 and August of last year, researchers found that young males 12 to 17 were the most likely to suffer post-vaccination myocarditis. And what is that? That's a heart inflammation, dramatic heart inflammation that can lead to quick death. The rates were the highest after the second dose and after vaccination with the Pfizer-BioNTech jab. Boys aged 12 to 15 experienced 70.7 myocarditis cases per million doses administered, and boys 16 and 17 experienced 106 cases per million doses. Some experts have called for health officials to recommend certain youth get the second shot of the primary regimen months after the first because of the elevated risk of heart inflammation, but officials have thus far refused to adjust the scheduling, which is around three weeks. Isn't it interesting how all of this information is leaking out through the non-traditional avenues for facts? And the fact that that's the only way to get this information should tell us all something. The people who were paying bazillions of dollars 
to make the decisions to keep us safe, and we've trusted throughout 260 years of American history to do that, or for whatever reason or reasons, not giving us the real numbers, giving us false numbers and false information. At the epicenter of all this since the very beginning has been who? Dr. Anthony Fauci. You remember in two different Senate committee hearings over the last month, Dr. Fauci has gotten into it with a senator who was asking him questions that he considered to be personal, but as a matter of fact, because he's a public servant and happens to be the highest paid federal employee, even more, makes more than the president does, Fauci is becoming the subject of congressional oversight, which is the way the Constitution is structured. Congress is over everything in our government and responsible to make sure that those who are in our government are utilizing in a safe way, in a legal way, and in right ways, spending money and other of the resources of the American people. And he was confronted by two different people in Congress about his personal income. He makes $433,000 a year. That's his pay stubs. But everybody knows there's a whole lot more going on below the pay stub level, not just for Anthony Fauci, but for a bunch of other people in D.C. And so he actually called a senator from, I think it was Montana, maybe from Wyoming, one of those northern states that was questioning him. He called him a moron. He, Fauci thought the mic, his mic was off, but it wasn't. This was after a heated exchange. Fauci said, my personal financial information is a matter of public access. You can, you can get it. I'm a public employee and all of my income, my financial disclosure forms are filed and anybody can go get them. And that's when he commented, he quipped, he thought he, his mic was off, but it was on. He, what a moron talking about that senator. Well, after watchdogs failed for months to get access to his financial disclosures, it was funny. Fauci on television told everybody, oh, my stuff's out there. Anybody can get it. But in reality, he's worked, as many members of the federal government have, they work very diligently to keep their financial disclosures where people can't go get them. It took a Freedom of Information Act filing to get his. In a Friday Washington Post story, $10.4 million in his personal financial portfolio was hidden. It was hidden. His portfolio was obtained and published by that senator, Roger Marshall. I said up northwest. He's he's from uh, Kansas. Fauci's disclosures were obtained after Fauci called him a moron on a hot mic. Maybe the senator has a point, Fauci said about the hidden disclosures. Maybe my financial investments, though disclosed and available, should be much easier to see. Fauci's got to disclose his financial statements. Senator Marshall did just that after requesting the disclosures from Joe Biden's top medical advisor in a letter that he wrote on January 14th. 
According to Fauci's financials, first released by Roger Marshall, President Biden's top medical advisor held investments in companies in China through a fund named Matthews Pacific Tiger Fund. That fund, the Matthews Pacific Tiger Fund's fact sheet, published in September of last year, shows the fund had invested 43% of its investors' money into companies in China and Hong Kong. Among the companies listed, Wuxi Biologics, Cayman. Headquartered in China, Wuxi Biologics Cayman is in the pharmaceutical business. That release of Fauci documents follows an initiative to allow the public access to financial disclosures on the Office of Governor Government Ethics website for Biden administration officials like Fauci. The name of the legislation is the Financial Accountability for Uniquely Compensated Individuals Act. It's interesting. The letters in that, Financial Accountability for Uniquely Compensated Individuals Act, <laughs> that stands for Fauci. F-A-U-C-I. Dr. Fauci was completely dishonest about his financial disclosures being open to the public, the senator said. Dr. Fauci must be held accountable to all Americans who've been suing and requesting for this info but don't have the power of a Senate office to ask for it. Interesting. Thought I'd just throw that in. Is there any other... (laughs) Any other... COVID news out there. Well, I got to be honest with you. There may be, and it comes a little bit more comes to light every day. If you listen to that 17 minutes of that Senate committee hearing and Dr. Ron Johnson that put all those great doctors together, you heard new stuff. And it's sad that we have to go. That hearing wasn't held in a normal Senate committee hearing room in the Capitol. It was in the Capitol but in a different one. It's kind of like they made you go to the the little room in the back, you know, the one where nobody that's important would go back there and hold a committee hearing of any kind. Oh my gosh, you're just not, you're not in the top echelon if you go back there. Some of the smartest medical people on the planet were in that committee hearing. And those are the people that are very upset. Do you know that 60 thousand doctors around the world have from time to time signed on these demand letters that are sent to governments of a bunch of different countries. In our case, President Joe Biden demanding information, demanding access to documents, to research documents. Do you know to this day, the FDA does not, has not honored Requests coming from medical professionals around the United States and around the world for medical laboratory technical data and proof that the things the FDA and the CDC are claiming are factual about COVID-19, about vaccines, data regarding the effects and the impacts on uh, American people of these vaccines, what they're doing and the FDA has not complied with one single one of those requests. There's just something wrong with this. 
when people are so desperate to hide things, it's always a result of needing to hide those things to keep from getting busted by the truth. I'll blow your mind with another one. You know the NBA has some close ties with China. And it's because principally the people in China are really huge basketball fans, professional basketball fans, and there's no league on earth that's even remotely close to the top as is the NBA. And so there's been this NBA close tie with the leadership in communist China for several years. They don't talk about it a lot because I think they're ashamed of it. But what they are not ashamed of is all the money that's coming from the southeast part of Asia coming to the United States. Have you seen this guy, Enos Cantor Freedom? He changed his last name to Freedom when he became a legal immigrated American citizen last month. He's been in opposition to China's labor practices and enslavement of Uyghur Muslims for years. And it's just recently being covered by our media. Behind the scenes, China's violation of human rights has long been a topic of contention for major U.S. companies and the NBA is a fact, making their silent opposition to doing business with China an ongoing two-faced partnership. In other words, they'll speak out, oh, you know, we don't like the, the forced labor. We don't like this. We don't like that. But then they very quietly hold their hand out and get hundreds of millions of dollars from the Chinese government. NBA is one of the most guilty American parties. So Cantor Freedom reposted a report by ESPN that lists a roster of 17 NBA players currently today are dealing with Chinese brands that source their materials in China's Xinjiang region, which is where a lot of their production operations from numerous countries are headquartered. Now, I'm not going to go through the list, but I'll tell you, there are some real big heavyweights, NBA players, that are taking big bucks from the Chinese government. Five of the major Chinese brands using slave labor-generated materials from that region, Jingjiang, are Lining, Anta, Peak, and 361 Degrees. NBA All-Stars, Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler, D'Angelo Russell, joined the list of players that signed deals with these companies, with these brands. Annual revenue for the NBA from Chinese markets, half a billion dollars, $500 million. The NBA takes it, and they don't say a word about Uyghur, Uyghur Muslims having forced organ donations forced abortions. Not a peep about any of that. And of course, privately, if you ask one of them, they're aghast that it would happen in any country and that we are involved with somebody that does that. China's pretty active elsewhere right now. Look at what's going on in Ukraine. Well, where's China fit into this? Well, listen, General Jack Keane, You see him occasionally on Fox News. Four-star former general, 
he's right in the middle of and has been in military foreign policy stuff for decades. Here's what he said over the weekend. Joe Biden says, if Putin does this, if Putin does that, we're going to sanction him. General Keene said, any economic sanctions imposed against Russia is only going to have minimal impact since China would provide relief. China would provide relief. And why would they provide relief to Russia, China and Russia? To embarrass the United States. That's what General Keene is saying. Of course, those discussions stalled last week after Secretary of State Antony Blinken provided a handwritten response to Russia's demands of us. Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said Thursday the response offered little ground for optimism but acknowledged prospects for continued dialogue. In other words, we don't accept it, but we're not going to say we're through. That's not going to work for us. Give us something else. Biden, of course, is threatened. We're going to hit Russia with sanctions, both on the state itself and against individuals, including Vladimir Putin personally, should they go ahead and invade Ukraine. But Robert Wilkie, Undersecretary of Defense for Personnel and Readiness during the Trump administration, he said that any of these economic punishments would not provide the kind of impact American officials believe it will because of Russia's strong bonds with China. Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping, his Chinese counterpart, are best buddies. They're together all the time. They have worked out deals. After Donald Trump left, who was working privately with both Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping to keep the world safe, they respected him. Both of them, Xi Jinping of China, Vladimir Putin of Russia. They don't think one thing about Joe Biden. Why is that? I guarantee you more and more is coming out that says Biden has financial ties personally with both countries. There's more news about that, and I hope we have time today to get to it. But keep your eyes on what's going on over there because there's stuff going on that we're not being told is going on, and a lot of it has to do with Joe Biden. I'm sure you didn't hear about this front page story over the weekend. A Pennsylvania court struck down Pennsylvania's mail-in voting law saying that voters must amend the state constitution in order to enact legislation. That's what's been happening behind the scenes that no none of the legacy media outlets want to talk about changing of voter laws. Many of those voter laws that are on the books around the nation in various states are unconstitutional. Why? Because the big constitution, the U.S. Constitution, gives the lawmakers, and it specifies the lawmaking entities within each of the 50 states, they have the sole power to control the structure of elections that take place in those states. And of course, you know, we all know that across the nation, numerous changes in the 2020 election processes in numerous states were adjusted, were changed, but they were changed not by the lawmakers, not by the legislatures, not by the lawmakers, by governors, 
and even appointed officials like Secretary of State, male election, not male, but election experts, bosses around the state, they were making policy decisions that were implemented and they were used in the election processes in these states like that's the law. That court struck down that mail-in voting law in Pennsylvania because it's unconstitutional. It was a 3-2 decision by a five-judge court panel of three Republicans, two Democrats, and it was called Act 77. No excuse mail-in voting makes the exercise of the franchise more convenient and has been used four times in the history of Pennsylvania. That's the court judge, Mary Hannah Levitt, wrote in the ruling. If presented to the people, a constitutional amendment to end the Article 7, Section 1 requirement of in-person voting is likely to be adopted. But a constitutional amendment must be presented to the people and adopted into our fundamental law before legislation authorizing no-excuse mail-in voting can be placed upon our statute books. The law's the law. And of course, if they look to the White House and they look to how President Biden deals with enforcing American laws, you know, those things passed by the Congress of which he was a member for almost 50 years in the Senate. If you're the president of the United States, like his former boss was, Barack Obama, you don't like a law, just ignore it and tell the people that work for you to ignore it. That would have something to do with what's going on down in our southern border right now, wouldn't you think? Hmm. Speaking of our southern border, there's a bunch more pandemonium down there, a bunch more bad news, good news, whoever you are and whichever your perspective is. But we're going to have that for you right after this break. Car's all yours. Thanks. Cars.com's expert reviews made it easy, but... Shouldn't there be more back and forth? You missed the drama, right? Yeah. Maybe this will do the trick. It's a puppy. Not a puppy, a wolf. What now? He's a wolf. And that is its incredibly protective mother. Put the wolf down. You guys good? Yeah, we're good. Yep. Okay. Get the right car without all the drama. Cars.com. All drive, no drama. Yo, some people think it don't make sense that I'm a horse whisperer. Fancy prance, yo! But you know what else don't make sense? Bye. I mean, it's good for you, but still somehow tastes amazing. Sideways fancy prance, you heard? Yeah. Clippity-clop, clippity-clop. Yo, I just whispered all of y'all. Too easy. Bye. Five calories, antioxidants, and tastes amazing? None of this makes sense. Look, we know that boy's gonna ask again, so let's be ready. Fine, I'll be him. You ready? Ready. Mom, could you hook me up with a GoPhone? You'll run up the bill, son. Yo, that's whack, moms. GoPhone is totally different. What? It'll only cost me an arm? Chillax. It has unlimited talk and text. Seriously? Word. Okay, we'll get a GoPhone. Really? Uh, really? That is the bomb. Do you even know what the bomb means? Yes. No. GoPhone, only from AT&T. With unlimited talk to 65 million wireless AT&T customers and now unlimited text to anyone on any network. AT&T, your world delivered. 
Nowadays, it's more important than ever to know the value of a dollar, or three, or four, or five, or even six. New Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. Tasty breakfast combos that give you more bang for your bucks. Get a wake-up wrap with sausage and a medium-hot coffee for $3. A bagel with cream cheese spread and a medium-hot coffee for $4. A bacon, egg, and cheese croissant with a medium-hot coffee for $5. Or a power breakfast sandwich and, you guessed it, a medium-hot coffee for $6. Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusions apply. Limited time offer. Did you hear about that meeting that Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas had with Border Patrol agents last week down at the border? Of course, you know, he's the head of the department that handles all of the illegal immigration and legal, even legal immigration processes that happen for foreigners coming to the United States. But under this administration, and specifically under the leadership or the lack of leadership, by Alejandro Mayorkas, these Border Patrols and Custom Agents, the ICE agents, they don't know what to do. Every few days, one or more of them come forward to some members of the media and they express their horrors at what they're watching play out. We have no concept, even though every once in a while stories leak out that just show things are not the way they're supposed to be down there. I have a really good friend that lives right close to us, who has been down there in the southern border working for several months. He came back uh, this last week to spend some time here on personal items and got a chance to share some information with him. And he says, we're seeing illegals, busloads full of them moving around down there. And they are right there by the epicenter, at the epicenter of uh, the Rio Grande Valley sector where the highest numbers of illegal apprehensions are taking place. And he said, the spigots on, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, the spigots turned on, and they're just letting them through. Well, these Border Patrol and Customs agents are having enough, and several of them stepped up in that meeting with Mayorkas and called him out on the illegality that is being perpetrated, supported, and total thumbing of our federal immigration laws by Joe Biden president, Alejandro Mayorkas, DHS secretary, and they're telling everybody that works for them that pretty much everybody swore an oath when they were hired in these positions to serve and protect and to enforce federal laws, and they're not being allowed to enforce those laws. In fact, they're being told to turn their backs on the laws. Several of these Border Patrol folks got up and turned their backs to the secretary while he was speaking. It was so obvious at one point, the secretary said, you may turn your back on me, but know this, I will never turn my back on you. Which based upon what he's doing, his actions, that would that was very hollow, what he said to those people. They basically don't believe anything he says and they don't trust him because they're watching his policies rip the nation apart. You know that cop killer, that cop killer killed that cop in Harris County, a constable deputy last week. That particular person that shot and killed 
that cop is wanted for murder in El Salvador. Think about that. The daisy chain of thought that goes along with that. This guy's here illegally. He's here because Joe Biden had Mayorkas open up the southern border and just wave a lot of these illegals in. We were told, oh, the only people that are being kept here are family units. You know, the ones that come in, it's mom and dad and kids. All the single males are being returned. Last week, we watched on national reports across our networks, we saw pictures of single illegals coming out of the detainment center down there or a holding center, whatever you want to call it, where they're staying when they're apprehended, getting on buses, being transported to airports to get on those private flights that U.S. taxpayers are paying. Joe Biden is sending these guys, and they're single guys. Most of them are between 18 and 30, and they're just going. They were followed by one reporter for Fox News, and when they got out of the taxis or buses where they were going, at the airport, by the way, in McAllen, he asked them, where are you going? And they were like, I'm going to Florida. I'm going to New Jersey. I'm going to Massachusetts. Plane tickets that we've paid for. They're illegal. They're not going to immigration courts. They're not having their um, claims being prosecuted or being dealt with in the court of law where they go in and appear before a judge and make their claims and the judge determines whether they're going to be able to stay. None of that's happening, which is the law, by the way. We're being lied to. Two million people we know of in the first year of of Joe Biden's term as president came to the United States illegally. How many more came that we didn't catch? We may never know. When is enough going to be enough? I honestly couldn't tell you. You know the difference between the Border Patrol and Customs Agents and Immigration Control, ICE. ICE is charged with the enforcement and removal operations. Border Patrol is just supposed to regulate and make sure that everybody coming in is doing so legally. ICE agents or claiming today they've been turned into an unofficial travel agency. Agents are even made by the Biden administration to coordinate travel for illegal immigrants with criminal records. Footage by Fox News, I was just telling you a little bit about it. It showed several federally contracted buses dropping off dozens of those male migrants at a parking garage in Brownsville. Black tarps were set up with a makeshift sign that said, Border Patrol drop-off above it. That reporter for Fox News since then has witnessed hundreds of migrants being released into the area in just two days. From there, they're transported through taxis to bus stations and airports. The source said the reporting only scratches the surface. The mass release has been happening discreetly since February that ICE fugitive operation teams are really non-existent. ICE enforcement and removal operation has become what the source called an unofficial travel agency. Between releases and the vaccine mandate, the morale is at the lowest, one 
one guy told this reporter. Imagine going to the office to make phone calls all day to coordinate travel for somebody who just came into your office illegally. Some of them, many of them, with criminal records. And to make it worse, the Biden administration has dramatically limited the scope that ICE has for arrest and deportations, blocking worksite enforcement raids, barring agents from making arrests at certain locations, limiting enforcement to three priorities, recent border crossers, aggravated felons, and national security threats. When he was down there, Mayorkas recently touted the Biden administration's rule that an illegal immigrant's illegal status should not be the basis of an enforcement action against them. Can you believe that? And if you were here on Friday at the end of the show, I made a dramatic cry, I guess you could call it, plea for the American government, Congress, the sole authority that can only, they're the only people that can do this. We need to get these people away from governing us that are perpetrating this going on. Who are those people? Christopher Ray, director of the FBI. Merrick Garland, attorney general. Alejandro Mayorkas, head of Homeland Security. And Joe Biden. They don't need to be fired. They need to be impeached. Congress can and should do that. They need to go, folks, and they need to go as quickly as possible and let us get back to the rule of law. That's a wrap on Monday's show. Later this week, we're going to have one of the stars of that AFC championship game that's sending the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl. He's going to be on with us, Congressman Mike Johnson, all later this week at TNN Live. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. All the leaves are brown And the sky is gray I've been for a walk On a winter's day I'd be safe and If I was in L.A., California dreaming on such a winter's day. To a church, I passed along the way. Got down on my knees, and I pretend to pray. You know, the preacher likes the gold.
If I didn't tell him 